content warning. On this podcast, we discuss sensitive issues, including, but not limited to, swearing, tasteless jokes, situations of a sexual nature, and drug use. This podcast is not intended for children. everyone we're back with the final episode of planet treason boy it gets weird um uh, hope you guys enjoy it it's gonna be a lot of fun and i might talk to you again at the end of the episode who knows i don't i don't know editing is mysterious and who knows how it works not me certainly okay at this point, I need to just kind of summarize a huge plot point mm-hmm. and a twist. Back in Nkumi, uh, Mwabeo Mawa had come onto Lanik, right? He was scared of the big black lesbian. Right. But he could also appear to be a man. Mm-hmm. Have stubble, sound like a man. And she and and Lanik thought that she had this fancy physicist's power Mm -hmm. to make things change like that. So after leaving Kukui, he had traveled in quick time, and at one point he saw a bald white man in the Nkumi carriage being escorted by the army. But when he enters real time, it's Mawa in the carriage, not the bald black guy. When the servant comes to get Lanik from the Humbing village, he sleeps in quick time, and the appearance of the servant changes from a frail old man in real time to a young man in quick time. Each of these times, Lanik dismisses it as his own mental mistake. So he saw people change appearance while going from time to time, or from... Mawa trying to seduce him, mm-hmm. but each time was like, "Oh, where did Mawa go? Mm. Where did this guy? Where did the guy go? Where did Mawa come from? I don't know. I'm dumb." So like, yeah, I don't. I'm. I must have saw something weird. Never mind. Yes. Don't worry about it. That's exactly how it was over and over and over. Mm. So Lanik goes to visit with Lord Barton, who recognizes him. Be- recognizes him because Barton had visited the Muellers years and years ago. The Barton's family was. Uh, they were historians. So he was buying um, genealogy from Ensel, mm-hmm. Lanik's father. Yeah. So he met Lanik when Lanik was 11. Barton explains that his son Percy, who is now king of this little kingdom, mm-hmm. doesn't actually exist because his wife had had a hysterectomy. Okay. Apparently, Dente doesn't actually exist either. What? <laughs> Lanik was an only child until his dad married the turd and had a turd child. This is the big plot twist. People can make themselves look like someone else, and then they can walk into your life and make you believe they had already always been there. Oh, uh, so it's that Rick and Morty episode with the, the weird space leeches. Yes, it is space leeches all the way down. Uh, (laughs) so Mawa is a space leech Uh, I love that I'm just gonna use that instead of eluders which is what they call them the whole time eludors that's so unwieldy it is so unwieldy and then we find out they're from Anderson and we call them Andersons I like space leech so much better (laughs) 
So he has the genealogy that he bought from Ensel to show Lanik that Dente didn't exist. Mm -hmm. It was a space leech that they had used to create an heir. And I guess it was just happenstance that Lanik grew ovaries and got kicked out and was no longer heir anyway. Uh. So they had both come in to these families' lives as adults. And you had to be far away from their influence to remember, I don't have a brother, right. I don't have a son, whatever. Lannick and Barton realize that people who can change their appearance are in all these places of power. So Barton's son, Percy, is now king of this kingdom. Dente is now the king of the Mueller's. Mawa is the king, queen, whatever, of the Nkumi. There's a conspiracy of people who can change their appearance, and they've taken over every country in the world. Is this the lizards and politics thing? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, because they're shown to be descended from the first politician. Oh. Uh, this family oh is descended God. from the politician who created the original... Oh, um, wait, so the leeches? They're people. They're people from a family. The Anderson family. Anderson family. <laughs> <laughs> and they're descended from the politician who got uh, wow, that... marooned with them. <laughs> That's actually amazing. That is so I don't... <laughs> funny. Oh, my God, I didn't even think about that. Uh, this is hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got through the slog. A lot of this is kind of going downhill. Yeah. We, we've we've gone over the humper, and we're going downhill now. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> Lanik and Barton um, are like trying to figure out, like, oh, who's behind this, and how do we figure them out? And the servant who collected uh, Lanik comes in to serve them tea, and. Lanik realizes he's one of them. Don't drink the tea. So the serv so the servant um looks at him like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And then the servant collapses and Barton runs out the door. But it was the it was not the servant on the floor, it was Barton, with his head nearly severed from the servant attacking him with an iron knife. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, oh, we can change our appearance. It's you can think you saw one thing and something else happened. Mm -hmm. He thought he saw Barton run out the door, but what actually happened was the servant slashed his throat. Right. But no worries. Nobody can die around here anymore. Lanik just stitches him up, fixes his rheumatoid arthritis, solves his lung disease and infirmary, and gives him a body that's like that of a 30-year-old. So Barton wakes up and sits up from having a nearly severed head to perfectly healthy young guy, but not immortal and not lacking the need for food and sleep right. and water. Because that, why would you give those out to everyone? Is Lanik just Jesus? Bad Jesus. Lanik is just Je bad Jesus. Yeah. I just, I don't know why I just, the, yeah, he's got all the powers. He's uh, got more powers than Jesus. Yeah. And he beat Jesus' respawn time, like, a couple of times at this point, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, because Jesus didn't have his head chopped off and then just grow it back. Yeah. 
And, and I, all he did was get stabbed a few times. It took him like three days to come back. Yeah. Like, fucking loser. Whereas this guy, you know, that's an afternoon and he's fine. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't even you couldn't even crucify the dude because his hands would just grow around the wood. And he'd just <laughs> squeeze his body off with the power of his regrowth. <sighs> all right. Okay. So Barton wants to go kill Percy, mm. his fake son. Because there's nothing as infuriating as being lied to that your son isn't your son. That is a point he makes. Which I'm like, did someone get adopted and not tell you? (laughs) (laughs) We have a fake dad here or something? (laughs) Okay. Uh. Lannick decides he's going to go to the capital city of Gil and figure out what's going on with Percy and these eluders, the space leeches, whatever. And Lannick decides it is his duty, his God-bound duty, to destroy the eluders who make themselves look different and who are taking over the world. This is now his life mission to his, kill. His, like, third life mission. <laughs> his third life mission is to go kill every descendant of Anderson, every politician who can do this power. This is his life mission. He mentally justifies his own family's practices, keeping rads and pens, and conquering other countries. Mm -hmm. He thinks through, oh yeah, but we're good people. Those are bad people. We need to go kill the bad people. The earth will hurt and scream, but it'll be worth it. Hey, does the earth not hurt and scream while your relatives that are growing extra body parts are being literally butchered for whatever pound of flesh that your family needs that day i don't know because his feelings of connection to the earth only show up when it matters and he is just yeah, able whenever, to ignore it the rest of the time yeah whenever it comes up to demonize somebody else's wrongdoings but mm-hmm. never is on uh. mm-hmm. so he cannot make fast time happen with a horse only with himself so he rides a horse for 12 days to Gil, the capital city, because he is tired of walking, I guess. <laughs> like, why not just walk but fa- in fast mode? I guess? Right, because that would make sense, <laughs> wouldn't it? The servant had gotten there before him, so the guards capture him and shoot him full of arrows. He hmm. slows down time so that once he's buried, he can heal himself. He rock magics himself out of the grave and returns to the guard captain who ordered him killed. And the guard captain's a little scared because this guy he just murdered pops back up. So the guard reveals that only Lannick and Lord Barton were to be summarily executed without a trial. Wait, Lord Barton is in town? Oh yeah, he just hopped on the other horse and followed Lannick for the 12 days into the city and was literally just a day behind him and was going to be executed like right that minute. Huh. They couldn't travel together. Barton had to come behind him by a day. Lannick tells the captain that if Barton dies, Lannick is going to come back and wreak vengeance on him. He goes into quick time and puts an inkwell on the captain's head as a prank. All right. <sighs> Lannick has all of these powers, all of these abilities, and he uses them for pratfalls and pranks over and over and over again. Like, I didn't write most of them down because they don't matter to the plot. They don't mean anything 
long term. But over the course of the whole book, he just repeatedly uses them to make people fall, to make make someone fall face first into a pile of mud, just to put an inkwell on someone's head, just to be a dick. He thinks about pickpocketing people because no one would catch him, and it would be funny. He runs out of rooms, and people are surprised and scared because he disappears. He gets to just use these powers in the most childish, stupid way mm-hmm. because he's a freaking 16-year-old. Right. But he also has to save the world. He has to go rule a kingdom and kill all of these eluders. Mm -hmm. And it is such a bizarre, annoying, frustrating character trait mix. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of like when my teenage brother was like 16 and he lived with us. Mm -hmm. He thought of himself at 16 as an adult, mm-hmm. I want to go get emancipated. I'm going to just go to a judge and say, I can move out on my own. Blah, 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 blah. And then cr- threw a fit when I said, go do your laundry. Mm-hmm. Threw a tantrum when I said, uh, you have to eat dinner at the table and yeah. stop being rude. Mm-hmm. And it, But then to actually be inside of that head of saying, yeah, I actually am mature and I can rule a kingdom at mm-hmm. 16. And to give that weight and to say, yes, you're right. You 16-year-old boy who cannot handle responsibility, you should run a kingdom. It's giving that boy who is so immature Mm -hmm. the responsibilities of an adult and then claiming he actually is capable of running them, Mm -hmm. but he behaves like a child. Yeah. Just pranking strangers to entertain himself. Why would the Earth consent to that anyway? Yeah. The Earth is supposed to be this, oh, I'm majestic and I care about life and all these things. Sure, I'll make you let you make a little rock pile so somebody falls. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I will use the power of the Schwartz to make someone face plant in a mud pie yeah for the for the rest of this you can't refer to it as the power of the earth you have to refer to it as but you're laughing will never stop i I need to get this over with Uh, i'm dying all right let's get it after these commercial breaks (laughs) ads hey biblio fans friends and fiends just taking a moment to tell you how to find our growing community we're on facebook and instagram where we try to post as often as we can we have a subreddit that will start as soon as we get over our crippling fear of it and of course our youtube look us up at bibliorex spelled b-i-b-l-i-o-w-r-e-c-k-s we would love to hear suggestions and chat about bad books there as well as over email our email is bibliorex at gmail.com thanks for listening now let's get back to that bad book so he's there to save barton he Mm. waits until the very last minute when barton is standing in front of the hay bales with the hood on his head and the guard the guards yell loose they shoot the arrows at barton and lanit goes into quick time he grabs all of the arrows out of the air takes the hood off of Barton's head, sticks the arrows through the hood, and puts them on the straw. Then returns to time over in the corner. Everyone's confused. Where did, why did the arrows land in this hood, and why is he not dead? Mm-hmm. So he yells at the uh, archers to go get their arrows, and they try again. This time, he goes around collecting the arrows and some extras. He uses them to shove through each wrist 
of every archer who loosed an arrow. He grabs him and impales the leader's hand to his thigh. And he grabs a few extra and stabs the three people who are watching the execution. And then he returns to regular time and everyone's screaming and crying because their arrows came and stabbed themselves through the wrists. Is this the start of the speedster doing like cheeky shit to people? It just ties to his other manipulative childish ways. Right. But like I don't know. Uh they 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 have the flash doing that a lot, I think. And uh Quicksilver in the X-Men and the Marvel movies. Uh he'll just be like going through the space like calmly. Everyone else is frozen because he's going so fast. Right. And he's just like flicking bullets out of the air and shit like that. <laughs> is this the start it's of Neo that? powers? It's yeah, Neo, Neo powers. Frozen time powers. Yes. It's basically that. Mm-hmm. Because he just has these surplus extra things he can do. Mm-hmm. Lord Barton declares himself the king's father and demands an apology. Mm. So they all apologize and run away crying. Lannick and Barton go to a whorehouse. Barton demands they bring him the youngest whore without diseases, but who's of age? That's where they argue about whether that should be 14 or 16. Uh, Barton is very excited to achieve something he hasn't done in 30 years with the pretty teenage whore. And Lennox goes up to the palace. Ew. Because he lacks 70. Fucking ew. He was married to his wife for 50 years. Uh-huh. He old and gross. Mm. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> old, keep, gross man just coming just in. Going, okay. Going. I don't want to think about so, it. So <laughs> Lennox goes to the palace to spy. He switches between quick time and real time and finds eight eluders, space leeches, and he follows Barton's servant into another room and tries to question him. In real time, however, the eluders can move and fight without appearing to move, Mm -hmm. so he keeps, like, losing that fight. The only way to win is to go into quick time and, like, steal all their knives. Percy is actually a middle-aged woman sitting on the throne who, in regular time, looks like a young man who looks like Barton. So he takes all their knives, drops them on her lap, and leaves the palace. Hmm. He didn't really learn anything except each palace had, like, a figurehead who was an eluder and, like, support staff, I guess. Mm -hmm. So he returns back to the whorehouse. That's where they figure out that it must be the politicians. Eluders are descended from, and that's when they start calling them Andersons. Because he was a historian and he knows the family's genealogies. I'm skipping pages of, oh, was it this one? Maybe it was the psychologist. Oh, no, they're completely useless. Was it the other psychologist? Oh, he went mad and ate shit. So, like, he just uses it to shit on all of the professions that he doesn't like. Uh, And then finally, it must be the politicians because they're truly evil. This is where the phrase rebellion the people who were on, on treason, hmm. they ha- he, uh, Anderson had headed the rebellion against the democratic tyranny of the masses. And for the rest of the book, I was like, wait, so that, does that mean he hates democracy? Yes, he does. Hmm. Democracy is shown as the evil in the rest of the book because the elites wanted to rule the world and the masses refused to be ruled by this elite 
group of 80 academic families. Mm -hmm. So they yeeted them off of the planet. Lennox rails and hates those original Republic Democratic people on the original home planet. Hmm. over and over and over for the rest of the book. We are just meant to believe that these people were wrong for throwing out these families who wanted to rule the world with their academic powers. And they're just shown as being like the cream of the crop and so special and so perfect. And how dare they throw us to this ironless planet to rot here. It's bizarre. And now he's like doing this political commentary through Lennox's view of the world and the people around him. So he decides he's going to go investigate Anderson. It is a country island. Like all of Anderson is on this island in this country. Mm -hmm. And he has to cross the ocean to get there. So Barton stays at the whorehouse to accomplish in three times what he hasn't in 50 years. And he uses his quick time to walk nine days in an afternoon. He gets to the ocean and he crawl swims across the frozen water waves, gets to the island. And it has barely been an evening. He breaks his leg. Um, at the shore, but waits a few minutes and it heals. He comes to a beautiful little cottage where a pretty girl offers to feed him and shelter him from the weather. An earthquake rips a crevasse ahead of him, and then a flash rainstorm pours rain right on top of him. So he's covered in mud. So yeah, he runs into the little cottage with the beautiful girl mm-hmm. and she invites him to sleep on her bed and he crawls into a luxurious, soft, warm bed and gives her the dirty laundry and falls asleep. What a dick. He wakes up and he's naked in bed and she's naked coming toward him and wanting to have sex with him. He starts feeling suspicious and goes into quick time. Guess what she well, guess what he sees? Is it <laughs> is a it wrinkly a... old man ready to murder him? Yes, it is. <laughs> Everyone who oh uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why? Why is this old man He's a starving old man who is murderous and wants to eat Lannick and is already wearing Lannick's clothes because the house is full of dust and dirt and he is just utterly poor and wretched. So this is an Anderson. Mm-hmm. The son of a politician who can make illusions, but you can't eat illusions. Right. So when he finds a young strapping man, he decides, ooh, dinner. And so makes himself appear to be a beautiful young girl in a lovely cottage. In order to cannibalize this kid. Yep. I mean, honestly, if the Andersons are all right with cannibalism, why don't they just work out a deal with... Uh, the Mueller's. The Mueller's to just... Flesh. Yeah, all that excess <laughs> flesh. <laughs> I think this is just to show that he is trying to get away from Mm. this old man and he fears for his life Mm. so every time he goes back to real time to try to talk to him Mm -hmm. the guy just tries to stab him with a wooden knife Mm -hmm. like three or four times in a row if the old man is just hungry and lanik is such a good guy why can't he just cut off his own leg and feed him because it'll grow back and like yeah clearly that means nothing to him 
He even has the ability to bring water and all kinds of things out of the earth. Yeah. So he goes out of the house, ignoring the earthquake and the chasm because they're not real. Mm-hmm. Do you think he runs away? Okay. Hold on. Let me think. What's the literal stupidest thing he could do? He <laughs> makes the earth open up and swallow the man and oh his cottage and murder him. Why do you do it that way? <laughs> the scream of death and the earth is extreme, and Lannick fears he'll die from the pain of forcing the rock to murder. Then why'd you do it? <laughs> Orson Scott Card needs Lannick to experience murder by earth. What? So that he can experience what the earth screaming feels like. And this is the only way to do it so that Lannick is not considered to be at fault because this man was trying to murder him. This man was trying to eat him. He could have run away. He could have solved this problem so many other ways. But instead, he lays in the sand and forces it to open the earth and eat the man in his cottage. Lannick justifies this to himself as a necessary yeah, death. Is. And in his heart, he's like, oh, well, I had to. What else was I going to do? Yeah, I couldn't have just fast forwarded time like I've been doing constantly. For everything and just else. just left. Right. Also, why didn't the, the creepy old man kill him while he was asleep? Mm, good question, too. You know. <sighs> It's right. just to show that the Andersons are pure evil yeah. and they're poor, hungry, are just starving, and no one cares for anyone in this land. Right. No nuance isn't allowed here. Nope. No nope. nuance. He must be pure evil. And this is the only way to show mm-hmm. how evil this guy is, but also make Lannick murder him. Also, so, further racism because. Uh, just being born a certain way means you're automatically good or bad. Yes. And that is a very consistent issue, even in his books. I don't even, I don't know if you remember in the Seventh Son series how he'll show genealogies of families and some families are just bad. And Mm -hmm. it'll be like, I think there was like that one preacher. No, there was the racist, there was the rapist slaveholder who had a child with a black woman, but he wanted his son back because that was his son. But the son is shown to like be bad too. And like, there's other, there's this threat shows up in his stories Mm -hmm. over and over and over. There's an evil brother and there's just evil people, but we're good because we're the main good guy. We're Mm -hmm. the protagonist and we're good. Hmm. And that's one of the problems that, I have with every single one of his novels. You can't have nuance and they're bad just because they're bad. Mm. Just because they're born that way. Yeah. Uh, That's infuriating. (laughs) It is. So he fast times right back to the whorehouse and it's been two months his time and an afternoon and an evening Barton's time and Barton is cut up into little pieces on the bed. Good. Yep. But let me guess. Lannick's gonna bring him back. No, Lannick is sad and grieves for him, though, but not really because. Why can't his magic bullshit powers work now? He cut him into stew meat. So he's already rotting. So it's a limit that Orson Scott Card didn't want to deal with. (laughs) This is bullshit. I hate Orson Scott Card so much right now. Well, 
he's kind of relieved because he doesn't have Barton slowing him down now. <laughs> he can go. He can go wreck terror and murder across the countryside <laughs> at will. So <laughs> like, yeah, this guy who I it's been two months since I saw him last, but yeah, now that he's dead, it's kind of a relief. I was worried about him that whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> God. This is the point where Orson Scott Card should have just made Lannick the villain. Because Lannick decides that the nation island of Anderson needs to be destroyed. Oh, no. Swallowed by the earth. Is this going to be a genocide? It's a genocide. Oh, god damn it. He goes back to the Schwartzes and demands that they help him genocide the island of Anderson. And they do. Holy shit. He He convinces them that killing some to save a lot is a good idea. And if they destroy the entire nation of Anderson, it'll save the world. And because he is just so eloquent and monologues so well, they agree. But it would kill them to hear the earth cry that much. So they're going to send him down to the center of the earth. And he has to absorb all of the earth's pain and screaming into himself so that they can survive this ordeal. I sure guess. He decides that the true enemy, the true enemy in this world is iron. And he is going to destroy all of the ambassadors and also all of the Andersons such that everyone will be at peace and no one will fight wars anymore. So he's just taking on another mission. This is like the the fourth one. He still hasn't even finished the first one. (laughs) So what about Canal? Like they just dropped that plot point. He's just still running around with the. He was just Ukumi. being held by the Inkumi. Yeah. Yeah, they just disappeared him Ooh. once Lannick was running around again. All right. So he convinces them to help him. He goes deep, deep into the earth, down into the magma where it's hot. Mm-hmm. And he tells the earth to move this tectonic plate that's right beside Anderson such that the entire island falls into the, earth. into the earth. Okay. It's just completely sunk. And the Earth doesn't know what's going to happen to all these people until it's already done. And then it's super, super mad at Lannick. And he's just crying and wailing for eternity. Please forgive me. And it cries treason because he's a traitor to the Earth. He okay. used it to murder a nation. So this caused a huge like geyser because magma came up and boiled the sea. Boiled acres and acres and acres of fish and all the living things around it destroyed fishing villages and boats and everything within any area around Anderson. I'm guessing it's like kind of like where Breton is off of the um, European continent. Mm Kind of like that idea. Yeah. Because I'm not bothering with the map. I don't care. He realizes the mountains of Schwartz are actually made of iron. And the people of Schwartz prevent rainfall because it would cause the mountains to To bleed and rust. And then they could have unlimited iron. So the premise of the story is a fucking lie. Yes. And the Schwartz have been hiding their mountains of iron for 3,000 years. So they didn't even need ambassadors. They could have had as much iron as they wanted. 
So is that the next wrinkle? Like the Schwartz are, they're the ones who put out the ambassadors to get everything and trade for the iron that they have mass no, they're quantities They're just hiding of. it. They just don't want anyone to have iron. God damn it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay, the Earth screams because of all this killing that keeps happening. But all this killing is happening because these other people want iron we have all this iron that we don't fucking use mm -hmm. <sighs> oh, fucking, uh, all right keep going i don't want to uh, go so he does all that stuff they hate him they make him leave i hate him i want him to leave <laughs> yeah he has his clothes he has his knife he's killed half a million people mm -hmm. what's a few more he goes into super fast time and spends three years murdering every Anderson he can find on the entire planet. Cool. Real time, it's less than a week. I thought he wasn't that good at the time. Now he is because, because plot. So he is so lonely and so sad and it hurts every time he murders anyone. But this mission is what he has to do. He has to murder every Anderson in existence so no one can ever do illusions again. Right. This I is the last this mission. Whole, this this whole... is the end of the story, man. This is it. We are at the end. We oh, are finishing out. God. Okay. All right. Okay. He decides... He's killed thousands of people. Mm -hmm. Wabeomawa, Percy, all these random people. Goes around stabbing everyone who changes face during quick time or regular time. Mm -hmm. He decides uh, to destroy the ambassadors, and that was super easy. All I had to do was break a seal where it said, Warning, tampering will result in the destruction of this machine and the death of anyone within 500 meters, and walk away faster than the explosion. So these th machines are just super easy to break. Why wouldn't you just go kill your enemies' machines? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just go spy on espionage and have the only ambassador left and make them trade with you for iron? <sighs> so much easier to gain control of the planet. Yeah. No, like you, you don't even have to like sacrifice a guy for that. All you no. gotta do is like shoot an arrow from like, yeah. uh, like however far away the explosion's gonna be. If it's literally like a, like a plastic seal around a box, and that's yeah. all it takes to break them. So he decides to go, he saves Mueller for last. That's the last and uh, people he's going to kill. Mm -hmm. He enters Mueller in real time because he wants everyone to know Lannick Mueller is in town and he wants revenge. He walks into the throne room and confronts Dinte. Dinte steps aside and invites Lannick to take the throne and commands all of his subjects to kneel to Lannick. Lannick is mad because he wanted to come in and reveal Dente to be a fraud and murder him. What's he going to do now? Oh, my God. He's just spent like the last three years murdering and he's still a fucking baby. He's <sighs> still a child. And he still can't handle it when someone, uh, some, someone else takes his little bit of limelight. Yep. Someone stole his thunder. God damn it. Lannick moves to quick time and sees that Dente, Dente is indeed an eluder but not from the Anderson family. It is, in fact, not Lannick. God damn it. God damn What? <laughs> what the fuck? What? <laughs> not Lannick is appearing as Dente on the throne. No. <laughs> you can't do that. 
And he has four arms, five legs, two sets of male genitals, and three breasts. Because he's also a radical regenerative. Right. Yep. He is Lanik in every way. Right. He has all of his memories, all of his brilliance. But how is he an illusion? Like, Dente, he had memories of Dente before not Lanik existed. What happened is that when Lanik thought that he was giving Dente an extra smile, he actually murdered the Anderson who was faking his brother. But he was blind because they popped his eyes out and he didn't see Dente return to the form of the original Anderson. So when Lanik was caught by Mawa, not Lanik, was found by them, they thought they had the real Lanik and they took him back to the Nkumi capital. Once they realized he was a duplicate and not real Lanik, they searched again, but Lanik was already on a boat going across the sea. Mawa decides to stoke the hate and fear in not Lanik and make him into the perfect figurehead and he's the one who runs the army and uses Lanik's abilities and mastery of being a general and soldier. And Lanik hates the Mueller's because Mawa teaches him to hate the Mueller's. And the only thing he asks for is to be taught how to do the illusion magic. So not Lanik gains the illusion magic just the same as Lanik gained the kukri time power power, the sand power all of the other stuff i was wondering how lanik would gain it's like a pokemon catch them all how is he gonna collect every magic power in this world right he does it by his clone gaining the illusion power i mean that that in itself is kind of a neat wrinkle Mm -hmm. but it's surrounded by so much bullshit i almost can't see it (laughs) yes it's a gold nugget in a pigsty. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's it is kind of original. He had a lot of good ideas. Yeah, this was there's... one of his first novels. If you took one one of these people and their abilities, mm-hmm. you could make an interesting story, right? If you can get rid of the racism, the homophobia, mm-hmm. the women hating misogyny, maybe you could pull together some really cool characters and some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just infuriating. Yeah. All this other bullshit. Yeah, there's just there's a lot of neat bones in this awful fucking skeleton. He's a really creative person. Yeah. He's really creative. Some of his stuff in the Ender Game series is mm-hmm. really truly fascinating. Yeah. Some of his sci-fi is really good. <sighs> so not Lanik is pretending to be Dente Mm -hmm. and ruling Mueller. And that's why Dente signed a peace treaty with Mala and the Mm -hmm. Nkumi. And because Lanik has gone around killing all of the eluders, Mm -hmm. there's going to be all of these power vacuums. Mm -hmm. And not Lanik wants Lanik to kill not Lanik and take the throne. Okay. Because not Lanik is like, this is no life. This is worse than life. I've just wanted to die. I go to a surgeon and he cuts off my extra limbs, but it only lasts a few months. And oh, so he's like this pathetic loser who hates himself because yeah. he's stuck with all these extra genitals. Like and- the story's just giving him another, just an excuse to be like, yeah, it's okay if you kill me. Right. But what does Lanik You're- do? 
Oh, he cures him and makes him perfect. Oh, of course he does. He get, takes away his radical regeneration, his extra organs. He makes it so he no longer needs to eat, sleep, drink, shit, any of that normal human stuff. He makes him into his own superpower god person. Why? Like, they've been at cross purposes this entire time. Lannick has decided that not Lannick is the true Lannick, and he's the one who should continue living as a Mueller. Why? And Lannick himself should just go leave some and live somewhere else. Because he hates himself. But he loves himself. What? So why? He actually why any of the <laughs> He has a neat cute with his self. Oh god. Um Lannick literally falls in love with not Lannick. Quote. Mm-hmm. He smiled at me. We understood each other. Not everything, but the thought, the why we thought, was clear to both of us. And so help me, I felt affection for him. If the ability to communicate well has something to do with love, there is no when a man can love quite so well as himself. Lanik, we said in unison, and then we laughed. You first, I told him. It was a meet-cute. They literally... <sighs> It is so masturbatory. Oh, it is disgusting God. and not in a hot way, okay? Uh, and here, okay, here's the worst part. Lanik has been in fast time and he looks like he's 26 or 27. Oh, not so Lannick he's is hot. still a 16 year he's old. He's hot for his hot. younger self. Yes. Oh, oh this shit self. Oh. And that's why he wants that one to rule, not his old, because he's like, I'm old. I'm I'm going to die soon at 25. I look like I'm 25 now. Oh, God. <laughs> what a fucking narcissistic, <laughs> fucking awful character. So, <sighs> he looks at Notlanic while he's sleeping. Quote. It was a face that made me ache inside. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a motherfucker. <laughs> he thought he'd known pain, and he had, to a greater degree than many men. His face showed maturity beyond his years and kindness and compassion. My face was not kind or compassionate. I had seen too much. I had killed too often. And so there was not sweetness left in me, not to look at. And I yearned to be as relatively innocent as he. Yeah, but I agree. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> Damn it. Lanik tells not Lanik to send all of the rads to Schwartz to get healed instead of cut up for meat for the ambassador. Because the ambassador's broken. And I guess that's they can a nice thing. That cancer issue thing. He leaves not Lanik to rule Mueller and he goes back to Kukui, to Serana. Because she is still reaching out her hand and the tear has not yet fallen. And he can take her out of stasis and they can be happy together. Jesus fucking Christ. So (laughs) he has to slow his time stream so down so that he can enter her time stream. And she's crying and he says, will you be with me? I'm a bad man. And she's like, you're good enough for me. Because she's still perfect. 16, 17-year-old Serana. And he's weathered, aged 25-year-old. <laughs> he's a genocider. He genocided yeah. an entire group of people. He's a horrible person. He should be a villain. This yeah. should be his villain story. 
So he, they slowly speed their time stream up to normal time. And hundreds of people are watching them because they have been called the stone lovers. 300 years have passed. God damn it. That's so fucking dumb. What? No. No, that doesn't make any sense. Does it? They have been moving at the speed of, like, rock. Right, okay. And the rest of the world has sped on past them. This fucking time dilation bullshit is so fucking asinine. Lanik makes Serana immortal, photosynthetic, no food or water. She has magic powers now. And they decide to go live in Humber, because the Humbers are fun. I mean, that's fine and all, bud, but she'll never be yourself. (laughs) (laughs) he decides he does not care what's happened to the planet he doesn't care about what's happened to any of the wars or countries they just go find a plot of land that was near where the humpers he lived with were and they move in with the sheep herders who are still poor sad sheep herders and they heal broken sheep legs and help women give birth to children and they decide someday ruining to women's <laughs> innards with- <laughs> and then magicking back, back together <laughs> they decide eventually they want to have children but for now they're just going to stay young and beautiful and and be gods in this little country. Sure. <laughs> Lanik waxes philosophical about feeling like a pawn in a greater game and having no free will. My God. You, you fundamentally changed the entire world by genociding an entire people, you fucker. Yeah. <sighs> if anyone had free will to act you on can- the world, someone who literally controlled tectonic plates you can't- seems to be an actor. You can't genocide an entire people and then be like, I- I'm just, I'm just a poem. <laughs> I didn't make it nearly a, a very big effect on the world that I've been in. Oh, God damn it. I'm so tired. <laughs> oh, the stupid bastard. I hate him so much. What, what do you rate this monumental piece of shit? It's only not an F because he has some good bones. It is a D minus. Mm-hmm. Buddy, you have a 62. Come back to me tomorrow with better shit. Uh, Break but- this into a few short stories. Mm. Skip all the goddamn racism, mm. please. Oh my God. And maybe talk to a woman for mm-hmm. once in your life and have a conversation and look at her like she's a person. No, don't talk to a woman because he might just talk at her. Listen to a woman. <laughs> Listen to a woman talking to you. And maybe like recognize other people's humanity. Yeah. You're not the central character uh, of the world. Begrudging D minus. A begrudging D minus because... He really does have some interesting creative ideas. Yeah, there's some talent in there. And there's actually some good humor. There's some funniness. Mm-hmm. There's, it, you know, when I first read it, it kept me engaged because I could not fucking figure out what would come next. <laughs> At every turn, I was like, oh my God, yeah, where did you ran so place? fucking bizarre. You don't know what's happening. <laughs> it doesn't follow like any regular structure. No, no. this is 10 Heroes Journey mm. wrapped up in 
a cartoon. It's cartoonish. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. He he's striving so hard to be serious and strong and brave, and it's cartoonish. Mm -hmm. If he allowed himself to be cartoonish, it could be funny. Mm -hmm. Like he just if he just stuck with like dick and boob jokes. Yes, a little bit more throughout. Wow. Like the character woke up with tits, mm -hmm. a, a boy, a boy with tits. And ended like philosophizing about his place in the universe after doing a genocide. And <sighs> you know what, though, mm. Orson Scott Card is obsessed with genocide because mm. Ender's Game that's what the entire story is about. This yeah. little boy has to do a genocide, mm. and the entire rest of the stories is him living with himself after that. Mm. And then they go to another planet and he splits himself in half and they have to survive another genocide. He That's splits that. himself in half? Mm-hmm. Ender becomes two different people. I, I so, guess. Well, yeah. that, that is yeah. tied into this too, where right. Lannick becomes two people mm -hmm. and splits himself in half. And one goes and bees goes and does the good Lannick stuff mm -hmm. and the other goes off and lives in retirement. Yeah. That's what Ender does in like one of those arcs. because. Yeah. I think in Ender's Game, there's actually two different storylines, and he wrote a he wrote dozens of books in that, and I did not read many. Right. I read some. It became very, very weird, <laughs> very weird, mm. and I got just. I read around twenty of his books mm -hmm. in a two year period. Yeah, it was too much, and I got very burned out. I haven't read any of his stuff in several years. Mm. So this is kind of my foray back into it. Uh. And just remembering the slog. Mm -hmm. But some of them were really interesting. And you never knew what you would get. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so it's like having a favorite student because they have a fun personality. Yeah. And you try to ignore how awful a person they are. Mm -hmm. And then you're trying to like, you know, you did some good stuff. Come on back next time. <laughs> try again, buddy. Mm -hmm. So Orson Scott Card, if you're listening, and we know you do listen, write that seventh son damn final. I need the seventh book. You cannot die without finishing it. I hate you, but I still am going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> you're an awful piece of shit. No, I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is not the the full the formal opinion opinion of the show. This is not the, the opinion show. of Bibliorex. Yeah, or its associates. I'm I'm quoting from someone else outside of the show. Uh, you're a horrible piece of shit, and I hate you. I hope you die on the toilet. So much talent, and mm. it's such a shame. Yeah, I feel like if he had been maybe you know an atheist or been in a religion that had a lot less control mm -hmm. and a lot less like forcing you to have no nuance right is right yeah. wrong is wrong if he was allowed to break out of those he probably could have been like terry pratchett mm -hmm. you know really truly funny and amazing yeah. or neil gaiman mm. you know i feel like these bars put around him and these bad ideas limit his storytelling right. so much and it's consistent across his novels and across his maturity as an author over the years mm -hmm. yeah <sighs> Sorry, folks. I hope that was funny and not the most depressing thing you've heard this week. Or the most racist. But we'll catch you next time. Thank you for being a biblio freak, geek, and lover.
Bye, everybody.